0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of
2: environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm
3: it's because they just look a little funny a little weird but when you cut into it it's
2: perfectly good food it's just a total shame it's totally good stuff
1: we buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because
2: supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks and we deliver it to people's doors
3: standards for an
1: apple. This isn't that ugly at all.
4: Like that's the most
1: common first box like complaint we get. We change that. We educate people. We show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are.
4: Have food delivered to your house. Box
1: of produce every week. And
4: it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store.
1: I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your box. High
4: quality produce.
1: There's nothing wrong with
3: and they taste exactly the same it's not better. Save
2: those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year.
1: And it's delivered to your door like, but so what you why wouldn't you do why wouldn't you do
4: please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce.
3: Of all the grounding studies, the one that really got our attention is called Electric Grounding Improves Vagal Tone in Preterm Infants. In the study, 26 premature babies in an NICU were connected to grounding wires. The heart rates of the grounded infants stabilized. And their vagal tone, a critical measure of infant health, increased by 67% with grounding.
2: The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare care providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided.
4: Hello, everyone. I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty... You can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one-cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10-ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. Hey everyone, proof here again. I want to let you know that you want to protect yourself against this upcoming food shortage that's about to happen. I know with all this COVID stuff that growing your own food is going to be extremely important right now. So I want to introduce you to my friends over at groundwithagarden.com and you can get yourself hooked up with a vertical garden that you can grow inside or outside of your house so if you have a back patio or you don't have room outside you can grow in either way and i have a bunch of stuff growing on mine i have pictures to share i love this thing this is the best garden and most successful that i've ever had for gardening for my own self so let me give you the website again groundwithagarden.com that's ground with a garden.com
5: Hello, folks. We are here with Barefoot is Legal Radio. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle, as well as general support, information on health benefits and other aspects of the the barefoot Lifestyle. Um, here on Barefoot is legal radio. You know, we kind of ramble um, a little bit um, as, you know, I, yes, Phoenix, yes. Um, ADHD autistic barefooter and Audrey here, hello, hello, is a ADHD barefooter and our experiences with our ADHD and with my autism are very, um, very central to our barefooting experiences and are a central part of why we barefoot um and so you know we do kind of talk about that but mm-hmm. so we do ramble a little bit but you know we're here to share support um different aspects of living the barefoot lifestyle information to talk about the experiences and different aspects of even society and how that um interacts and interferes even with our barefooting and how that affects our barefooting experiences um unfortunately a lot of people still question whether or not you know barefooting is legal a lot of people think that it's not legal but guess what guys there are no laws or health codes against barefooting in the United States there are no laws against driving barefoot so barefooting is your American right Um, you can barefoot in public spaces as you choose Um, Of course, listen to your own body and take care of yourself. We understand that barefooting is not for everyone, but also everyone has very different experiences with their barefooting, um, and it's not a one-size-fits-all journey or experience um, for humans or barefooters. But, you know, we are here advocating for barefooting rights and talking about, you know, the importance of barefooting because it is still something that is not seen as legitimate, even though it is an accommodation to ADHD and autism, as well as many other disabilities and uh, neurodivergent conditions. It has its role in helping people with anxiety, with panic attacks. Um,
1: it, it has
5: um, its role in anybody that has sensory issues. Um, and sensory processing disorders, um, it's very beneficial to different, you know, mobility disorders as we and Audrey can testify ourselves. Um, but, but it's not a cure-all. We're not saying that it's a magical cure. The first time you pop your shoes off, you're going to be, you know, this brand new transformed person to a degree. Maybe, maybe you will feel some kind of start of personal transformation, but you're not, it's not this, you know, nap of a blink of an eye, you know, transformation that takes place. It's, a very long process to learn how to work with our bodies and understand our bodies. Barefooting was very crucial with me understanding so many different aspects of understanding what was going on with my body and actually understanding um, and recognizing my ADHD and autism and leading to those being discovered because it was, you know, things that I was unaware of myself and I had repressed and I like, barefooting was a huge part of that, like, self-discovery journey and diagnosis journey, and it constantly um, plays a crucial role in my barefooting um, experiences with needing to barefoot or limitations with barefooting, um, you know. And I think it's really important for a lot of people to remember that there are simple ways of accommodating for different neurodivergent conditions in different people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think especially <laughs> with children, I think barefooting is a really great um, accommodation to explore. But at the same time, of course, with children, you do have to have more limitations of safety and having to, you know, um, explain to them different limitations for their safety and well-being. Um, like as an
1: especially yeah. learning to listen to their bodies. Yes, yeah. it's not it's not necessarily second or, or first nature. And yeah. I would,
5: yeah, and I would especially say if you're somebody that struggles, you know, with sensory issues, interoception, um, you know, as autistic people um, who, you know, need this like myself for barefooting, you know, we still struggle with interoception. We still struggle. And, and this can be different based upon the different person. You know, everyone is very different, is a very diverse spectrum. But interoception is still an issue. And what interoception is, for those that don't know, is it has to do with, recognizing and properly receiving and um, assessing the different bodily signals. Um, and so you may get the body signals, but not be able to properly assess and recognize what they are or some people and even myself, depending on from time to time um, it can vary. We don't always get the body signals either. Um, so it can be its own diverse thing. even. Um, within our own everyday experiences, you know, as, as it's, you know, as each of these traits is very different among individuals, it can also vary so much from day to day or even throughout the day for us as people um and so that's why you know i also try to encourage you know people this time of year to pay attention to the temperature um because if you're somebody for whatever reason of you know struggling with interoception or sensory issues or if you're somebody that has nerve damage um, or any kind of nerve issue or condition um and, and you know anything else that may cause you to um not be aware of temperature and you know getting the proper signals in your body I would say it's really important especially this time of year to and I'm just like it is in the summer when it's at its hottest points to really be paying attention to the temperature looking at your feet looking at you know anal you know kind of analyzing examining your feet you know throughout the day if you're out and I'm not saying constantly but making a effort to have checkpoints to ensure your safety because there are times where especially early on in my journey with doing so many other things and things going on in um, my sensory experiences where I was, you know, doing a little more damage than I realized I was during cold, not uh, colder. Yes, but not even necessarily um, the colder cause I have other signals in my body and my body reacts negatively to the cold in so many other ways because of disability issues. Um, that I could, you know, recognize that. But especially in the summer, it can be really hard for me and I'm sure other people, especially if you have similar issues like mentioned, to realize that you're doing damage to your feet, that the pavement's too hot until it's too late. You're like, oh, this thing, that it kind of burns, but you're not really fully experiencing it. If there's, uh, You know, for me, with my interception issues and with autism and ADHD, there's too much else going on inside my body, such as chronic pain and health okay. issues, like- and I'm just overstimulated or there's too much else going on in my mind and the physical environment, which there usually is. It makes it a lot harder to recognize those things and to focus on them. So I encourage people to, if, if, just in general for safety, but especially if you're somebody that struggles to really get those body signals and um, or be aware of touch or any just skin nerve damage type things where you may not be aware of sensations, um, temperature, and, you know, in terms of safety, just paying attention to the weather, the temperature as you can, um, if, you know, if it's getting to freezing, which, you know, here in the States, you know, is 30 to do, 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, I'm not sure. I think is it like zero degrees Celsius or something. Is that how it works? I don't I know. So, yeah. Okay. I, I, I It's been so long since i
1: Yeah, zero degrees Celsius. Okay. 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Okay. I
5: mean, yep. Okay. So, you know, it, that is. Definitely a good point to look at. If it is freezing or just a couple of degrees above,
1: like me be morning. mindful,
5: you know, that you need to be paying attention. Um, and if it's below freezing for me, um, I might go out for, like, you know, if I need, like, one of those, like, ice pack moments, you know, where there's a lot of inflammation in my feet and my body where, you know, using the ground, you know, whether or not there's snow on there or not or just some frost or it's just really cold um, you know, using it as like an ice pack, but that's something I may only be able to do up to two minutes, you know, um, or five minutes or something where it can depend, you know what I mean? as mm-hmm. necessary. But like for me, I recognize that if it's below freezing, I probably need to put my shoes on. And believe me, it is a very frustrating thing this time of year. Like I would definitely prefer being barefoot. Um, and I definitely notice that it can be hard for me to... have
1: to save up shoes. <laughs>
5: But um, even for me as someone who is autistic and having to wear shoes this time, it's going to be hard for me to transition out of wearing shoes when coming to a new place. Um, and it's because of my brain that you know I need some sense of monotropism, some sense of congr- congruency, some sense of consistency. And so sometimes entering a new environment, there's so much that changes that, depending on the state I'm in, it can completely shock My nervous system, and I don't mean shock by going into, like, full shock, like you need to be hospitalized, but the type of shock that I, as an autistic person, can experience that can then lead to my body convulsing or, um, and, like, and also with my fibromyalgia is very tied into that, of course, too, um, And you know they overlap all the time, and so you know it can be very hard to transition out of them. But I also recognize too, if I don't transition, if I push that transition a little too far, what my body is okay with, I'm gonna freak out if I get distracted by something else. Because sometimes I need that extra time for my body to transition out of it. But then if I get distracted and forget, I'm wearing them past the time that my body's ready to transition then that can cause a freak out, you know, or a, a, like, even if it's not an actual like outward freak out, but like internal freaking out. Um, and so I think it's really, there's definitely a lot of weird experiences. And if anybody else is, a, you know, experiencing these things, like, you know, you know too, it, it, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. With you. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you. Like, it's such a weird thing. And believe me, I get frustrated this time of year with the back and forth experience of it's like, you know, needing to wear shoes and then also wanting to never put them on and, you know, it can make it really frustrating with wanting to leave, um, like anywhere,
0: yeah, you know, yeah,
5: <laughs> not even just yeah. the house, but if I'm, you know, somewhere else, it's like, Oh, wow. I don't even want to go. Um, and, and so, you know, it, I think it's important to remember that, you know, it's, just listen to your body and if you're somebody that is you know also having to wear shoes more and is experiencing frustrations um you know know that those are totally valid um you know shoes can be very over
1: like I, uh, I got them a quick morning hike in and i walked around the car for a few minutes completely barefoot but i knew but they were already getting too cold i knew that like it wasn't going to last long that i was okay with the cold. Uh, so I unfortunately had to wear my foot tools to do like we only got about a mile and it was really cold because we got about about an inch of snow already at that point. Um, and like we've said before, when you're in the woods or by, and, and or by water, which we were both. And probably in a lower altitude too. Yeah, slightly lower altitude. It is It is colder. The feels like it's cooler anyway. Especially if you think
5: of like the ground with the mud, like mm-hmm. versus high. Oh, like, and there was
1: the a like, general
5: place you go to. I know the, the environment. We, yeah. yeah.
1: The one spot we walked through was like sheer slushy mud. And I was like, part of me so bad wanted to put my feet in it. But I was like, the big, you know, another part of me, the grown up part of me was it's like, like you're, oh, your feet
5: are not going to handle it. Because it, even if idea. you can handle the mud, once the cold air, you take your feet out of the mud. And then oh. I
1: wouldn't want to put them back on. And then I'd be, yeah. I was already about, probably about a third to, to my, or more mile from the car. So I had to go on that whole rest of the way. And I'd be mm. like, oh, be, 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 be crowned up on a tree. Well, there was one time I went out and I was wearing
5: boots because it was too cold. And, um, and um i left my water bottle behind and i got to the car though before i realized I left behind ripped those shoes off i was like oh because obviously it was cold way you left your
1: water behind where
5: um in the woods okay, I, where I, I, I knew my i knew where it was so i get got to the it. car i'd already ripped my shoes off because like i needed them to you know be out there but i didn't want to have them on and i did not want to have them on to drive so i already have ripped my shoes off i had you know my socks on that i would not want to take off um Plus, I, I like having longer socks that I can layer with Like, can help add an extra yeah. warmth. And so I was like, um, gosh, I'll just walk through. And I was like, screw it. I'll just walk through in my socks. And I I got there, and, like, you know, I was starting to feel it, like, kind of like that tingly, like, you know, Nummy. numbing, not quite burning, but kind of almost, you know,
0: yeah, yeah, like yeah, sensation. Electric, but like I was electric. like,
5: oh, okay, just keep going. And then, like, but then I'm... When I was on my way back before before I got halfway there, I thought, oh, my gosh, my feet were freezing. I was just like, keep going, keep growing, keep growing, because, like, the ground was wet. And it was, like, just, and it was, like, a little bit above freezing, but it wasn't quite 40 degrees. So, it you know, things were still wet. They hadn't frozen over, but it was still super cold. And, but it wasn't. But since I was walking on mud, it actually wasn't too bad with the sock experience, but the cold, I was like, oh, my God, my feet are freezing, my feet are freezing, get back to the car, get back to the car, get back, yeah. to, the car, get back to the
1: car, get back to the car, you know? Yeah.
5: And, um, but I was, like, and I was like, I'm not leaving that water ball behind.
1: No. No way, dude. Those things get expensive. And when you find one you like, buddy, you hold on to that thing for dear life. I know. Like, you don't, you, 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 no, no. <laughs> just that it's now I'm the litter bug mm-hmm. for me like because I'm always picking up trashes I hike ha- whenever I hike I always have a bag hanging mm-hmm. off my pack and I'm always picking up garbage and then for me it's like that oh now I am i can't be the litter bug I cannot be the litter yeah. bug you know so well and there was part of me I was like maybe I'll just come out tomorrow and get it I was like no now you ain't now you ain't and I was like just get it right
5: I think it can definitely be frustrating this time of year for a lot of us birders because as much as you can build up a tolerance and um, you can you know build up this toughness and um, build up more resistance to cold temperatures and your feet becoming more resistant, mm-hmm. we still have human
1: limitations,
5: and those human limitations do of course vary across person
1: to person. Very much. Human genetics interfering with my say No, I'm just kidding.
5: But like. <laughs> But, you know, like, it, it, it can definitely be frustrating because, you know, it, it, I, and also, too, you know, we all adapt differently to our different environments. I think about how our environment creates different um, adaptivity limitations for different mm-hmm. people. So, you know, even people who are in, you know, have more extreme winter climates um, than we do, they may be able to go longer and be able to handle, you know, our, you know, worst or whatever, um, or our, you know, greatest, you know, pushing of, you know, if that makes any sense of our capabilities. Right. So like, you know, when they get their worst weather, like, they're probably going to have to can't move in right. and, put, you know, put shoes on to protect their feet. Like, wow. when we've had people on here who are barefoot full time, but when they get really harsh winters, they're like, I do have to have snow boots because it's crazy here, you know. Yeah. And so I do think about how our different environments that, you know, we um, adapt to and are accustomed to, you know, how that even interacts with our different experiences, limitations, and boundaries as barefooters.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, because it is I mean, it's, it's just exactly like you said, how we have, we still have our own limitations, mm-hmm. being, you know, those the sheer fact of being human, unfortunately. Um, it makes me sometimes I literally I was I was out um when I was actually out hiking this morning I told my husband I said <laughs> I told my I, I wish I had polar bear paws. <laughs> like, if they can handle the cold weather just fine. No. And so then I'm like, yeah. I and mean, hibernate too. But they're still out. during yeah, like, like, I don't we know have representation of what hibernation is for well, animals. Like, yeah, they don't just fully really sleep for months.
5: You know, yeah. they do get up and they do go out and you know, the snow every now and then. Yeah. You know, look for extra food every now and then. Yeah.
0: You know, it's. Relieve
5: themselves. It's just that they. And most of the time is sleeping and stuff like that right but you know they but they're not completely um, just stuck in their cave asleep for three months like sleeping beauty or something but seriously, you
1: know when I was a kid I used to think that I was like for sure and I did too they do yeah you think I have an they sleep all winter long you don't think that's basically what you were taught in school, anyway. No, literally, as I say, hibernation believed up until a certain point. Yeah, like for real.
5: You know. Yeah, so but just, yeah, but no, I can I can understand where it's it can definitely be frustrating having um you know these human um, limitations, and of course they vary from person to person, but I think that's part of what. You know, the barefoot barefooting journey is so central to though oh, yeah. is accepting wanted, your human limitations I and, and, and I wanted to, but
1: could've. but I
5: you know, I mean? I think a lot of that barefooting journey is about accepting your human limitations, learning to work yeah. it as a flow and in rhythm with your body. Well, yeah, you know and. I think that it's important for everyone, because um, I, I think everyone has you know this shame and like in some degree from society of, ever, of almost everything we do, yeah. you know, right, and um, and especially for people who deviate from the norms, um, um, and you know there there is you know a lot of shame that people put it on people for barefooting even though it's like you're not doing anything wrong. Um, it is natural you're doing something that is beneficial to your body and to your brain.
0: There yeah. you know,
5: there are real benefits to it. It's not just I want to rebel and guys, there's no laws or health codes against therapy in the United States. It's and recognized by the ADA. Rebel,
1: quote unquote. you're really not rebelling well, against something. any law, so you're not actually rebelling. Yeah, you're not
5: rebelling against any law. Societal expectations.
1: Yeah, and just um, people's
5: misinformation, lack of understanding and their ignorances. And, um, and, you know, the ADA, American Disability Act, you know, recognizes um, or, uh, yeah, it recognizes barefooting as an accommodation for various disabilities. Mm -hmm. It would not be recognized under ADA if it wasn't a legitimate accommodation, a legitimate thing that helps people accommodate for their disabilities. It wouldn't be recognized in the ADA if it wasn't. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's that simple. Because it, accessibility be is still write. an ongoing issue in this country, in this world, you know, um, in so many different environments. And there's many different kinds already, of, of disabilities. Then. Yes.
1: But there's already, the one I'm also trying to say is there's
5: already such a lack of accessibility in so many different aspects that if barefooting wasn't so crucial, it wouldn't even be considered an aspect of accommodation right. or accessibility.
1: No, absolutely no, I no
5: sense? Sense? um, but at the same time, that's why I do think it's important to um through my own experiences as you know a barefooter, but the reasons why I barefoot you know different disability issues, chronic illnesses, you know that doesn't influence you know my opinion and my perspective and my relationship with barefooting, but also you know why I do feel like with you know, barefooting um, and barefooters, you know, we do need to care about accessibility and accommodation, you know, across the board and advocate for each other and, you know, have a sense of solidarity and unity because just like we want people to look at our barefooting as an accommodation of accessibility, you know, we should want other people to have their accommodations, their accessibility, have their needs met. And, um and have solidarity within that together right you know because barefooting is not one size fits all but even within barefooters it's such a diverse journey you know i have uh, you know um uh, i i you know i have like two i have i have three different friends you know varying with like autism and adhd that um in particular that wear shoes um a lot but whenever we've gone out in nature and have had, um, and actually now I can think of one other friend that um, I haven't out as much even going out in, um, it's been a while since I've seen her, but even her, her as well going out in nature with her ADHD like um, and having those nature times together, yeah, like even though they wear shoes pretty much all the time, they still find a sense of peace and release and de-stressing and be able to remove all that overstimulation and have a sensory-friendly experience in nature. Um, I think and nature in general is very, um, it is very sensory-friendly. And I get what people are kind of like, oh, yeah, but living in the wild, blah, 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 blah. But look around you. Like, you know, like we don't have to get too extreme. We don't. You know, we do live in a modern world, okay, Mm -hmm. first of all. So, but... If you look around just in nature around us, it is sensory friendly. And I think the reason why a lot of um, neurodivergent people, not just ADHD and autistic people, but um, neurodivergent people, you know, may not feel comfortable, you know, going outside of their homes barefooting or um, going out into their homes, even if they are, are outside of their homes, I mean, is because there's so many aspects of society that are overstimulating that are overwhelming, yeah. that cause different issues with different that are great people's
1: it's conditions.
5: And, um, but it's not about nature. You know, it's not about being able to go out in barefoot. It's, you know, it's more so about the other overstimulation factors mm-hmm. or, you know, I know certain people, you know, depending on with um, different sensory experiences or, you know, those OCD, you can have different limitations on what you're comfortable with. Right. Um, And that can also be very, very, very different for different people across different conditions. Exactly. And, um, but even I have had my own um, limitations to certain places where I was like, um, like this laundry room, laundry mat place thing. That, like every time I went in there, the floor was sticky. It was one of the only places I wanted to wear shoes on, especially at a time mm-hmm. when I was. It was in the summer, and it you know I was wearing, I was or not wearing shoes. You know I was going barefoot pretty much 24, yeah. like, literally 24/7. I don't know when I ever really put them on actually. Right. It's hard to say, but well, I can say when, going there, because it was just, like, the stickiness, the feeling, like, I made me want to, it literally made me want to gag, and, like, most of the time, I would start making gagging noises, because, you know, autism, because it was just such a sensory ick, you know, so people can have different experiences, and so, I think that being able to set aside time um, to find nature places or places that you feel comfortable and safe in to barefoot and experiment with it. Um, if it's something, especially you know, if it's something you already find is beneficial to you, but you're very picky or have your own limitations, and there's nothing wrong with being picky. I don't mean that in a bad way, but you know what I mean? You're, you, you know, well sorry. Am I talking too fast? You started You just started to. Okay. That's okay. Um, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you're someone that, you know, has these, you know, strong preferences, pickiness or whatever limitations around other places, other public places, if your anxiety, you know, is severe, um, you know, enough that it's keeping you from the social aspects, you know, with barefooting, um, being able to go out in public, you know, be able to find those safe places where you can, you know, have that barefooting experience and, work through it, explore it, connect with your body, understand the things on your body, really just come back into all the different dimensions of yourself mm. and um and you know, something else I was thinking is, you know, how crucial and important like routine can be. Yeah. Um, and well I did just realize that It is, um, too. So I don't know if you want to run a quick
1: ad break and then we we can can
5: talk about this afterwards. I feel like where we're going to go with this is probably going to end up, you know, going for a while. And I just looked at the time. Um, But this is Barefoot is Legal Radio. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle. Um, I hope
0: you've been enjoying our rambles here so
5: far um, on Barefoot is Legal Radio. Um, We are going to take a quick ad break, um, and we will be back after that to kind of talk about some aspects of, like, routine with barefooting that I thought um, kind of relevant
0: to talk about. Okay. And And I'm sure,
5: honestly, Audrey will have a lot to add on that as well. Okay.
3: Be back, folks. Earthing, also known as grounding, is the act of touching our body's skin directly to the earth, just like our ancestors did as they slept, sat, and walked on the ground nearly every day of their lives. This simple connection allows earth's natural negative electrons to enter the human body, pacifying dangerous free radicals, which if left unchecked, can cause severe damage to cells that can lead to many chronic diseases. Ground Therapy's patented process and suite of products were designed for you to experience all the benefits of grounding in your busy and modern lifestyle. And you'll experience the benefits of grounding within the safety and comfort of your home or office throughout the entire day, just as if you were touching the earth itself.
2: The information is provided for a general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for a professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, health care providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided.
4: Hey, everyone. Proof here again. I want to let you know that you want to protect yourself against this upcoming food shortage that's about to happen. I know with all this COVID stuff that growing your own food is going to be extremely important right now. So I want to introduce you to my friends over at groundwithagarden.com and you can get yourself hooked up with a vertical garden that you can grow inside or outside of your house. So if you have a back patio or you don't have room outside, you can grow in either way. And I have a bunch of stuff growing on mine. I have pictures to share. I love this thing. This is the best garden and most successful that I've ever had for gardening for my own self. So let me give you the website again, groundwithagarden.com. That's groundwithagarden.com. Hello, everyone. I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10 ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming fruit shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels.
3: Of all the grounding studies, the one that really got our attention is called Electric Grounding Improves Vagal Tone in Preterm Infants. In the study, 26 premature babies in an NICU were connected to grounding wires. The heart rates of the grounded infants stabilized. And their vagal tone, a critical measure of infant health, increased by 67% with grounding.
2: The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare care providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided.
4: Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. People say it all the time on their social medias. But they are worried that someone will say something to them. So everyone wears the cheapest flip-flops with the least amount of fabric on them. Most people do not even know that it's completely 100% legal to go barefoot into a store. Most people think that driving barefoot is illegal. But it isn't. Driving barefoot actually is safer than wearing most shoes. Going outside barefoot for a walk is one of the healthiest things you could do. But most people are afraid someone will say so, or they quote the myths and the rumors that their grandma told them years ago. The fact is, there are no laws against driving a car, going to a store, or eating in a restaurant barefoot. So don't give in to bad fashion, hurt heels or a broken flip-flop. For more information, please check out barefootislegal.org or find us on your favorite social media.
1: Welcome back, folks, to this fantastic day. Um, This is a if you're listening to us on Current, it is Saturday, um, January 6th, right? Yeah, 2024, Into the new, we're six days into the new year. Um, this is Barefoot is Legal Radio. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization um, dedicated to promoting the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle. I am your host Audrey, with my co-host Phoenix. Hello. Hello. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You uh, have a website. Fa- Facebook? No. Mm. Barefoot is. Le- I almost said Facebook is legal. Barefootislegal.org. Uh Org. Yeah, any of the socials, you can find us on on Instagram. It is um, real. Barefoot is legal. And on TikTok it's Barefoot is legal too, but everything else is just Barefoot is legal. And you can find all kinds of, you know, helpful information and videos and whatnot to, you know, help educate yourself on this lifestyle. Um, I know Phoenix had something she wanted to discuss today, so I'm gonna pass it back on to her.
0: Yeah. Let
1: her yeah. do her
5: fine. You're good. Um But yeah, I definitely recommend um, checking out barefootislegal.org, though, if you are somebody that is running into a lot of trouble and problems, um, just going out in public barefooting. There is some great information um, and proof that, you know, barefooting is legal and safe that you can print out um, from the barefootislegal.org page under um, the laws section. Um, There's, you know, ADA cards information so you can have that, you know, proof on you to carry around with mm-hmm. you. Save
1: it either digital or print it off to have a hard copy, whichever you prefer. Yeah. I always recommend having at least a couple of the hard copies. That way if whoever it is you're, you know, in quote unquote dispute with wants their own copy, it's easier to kind of just give that to them. Um but you can also just as easily share digital but you'd have to exchange phone numbers kind of thing for that. And you don't always want to do that with strangers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of one of those, it's how you prefer to do it. Yeah. Um, I personally prefer to have a couple hard copies Mm -hmm. on me.
5: But at the same time, if you're, you know, dealing with a complaint, um, you could use the digital copies, you know, when sending an email and reaching out. So, you know, there's, you know, many different ways of being able to utilize information on Barefoot is Legal. Um, And so I did want to mention that because I know some people, um, especially in there, in certain areas more than others, you know, are still facing a lot more backlash. Um, and also it can just be hard to know how to navigate that. Um, but the thing I wanted to talk about today was something I've kind of been thinking on, you know, in general in my life, um, you know, building routines. As um, as somebody with ADHD and autism, it can definitely be a bit of a struggle. So it's something I'm constantly trying to do.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and it. And constantly trying to improve and build on.
5: Yeah, and also different cycles of your life can change. And even for me with my autism, I get very set in routines. And when routines change, um, even the smallest routines, I can kind of find that, you know, a little bit destabilizing and trying to have to figure out how to figure out a new routine and establishing that. And it's always a fun thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. I don't think your definition and my definition of that word are the (laughs) same. Perhaps not.
5: (laughs) But um, and uh, but at the same time, you know, with autism, I'm sure anyone else that is, you know, relating as an autistic barefooter in general, you need to have a lot of routine and structure,
0: Mm -hmm. um, and that
5: can be very destabilizing without it. But with ADHD, as I know, Audrey can relate to. Um, you know there is this need for nuance uh, no, sorry novelty and nuance even like these like and having these um just a need for change like I keep thinking of like mutable energy um you, you know prone to change, a need for change um there's um a lot of adaptability within that and but at the same time, even with ADHD, you still need a routine to be able to manage it. But it can be hard when the ADHD's other, you know, needs with sensory seeking um, can take away from that routine and can um, cause this divergence from the path, path, the plan, you know. And divergence from the neurodivergence. And so building a routine can definitely be a very hard thing, very much a struggle. Um, It's something that I find, you know, very struggle, struggling, much of a struggle for myself, even is what I'm trying to say. Uh, But I do think that if barefooting is something that is very crucial in your life, and it's something that you need for whatever reason. And, you know, it's, um, and then, you know, you have to think this time of year where it's colder and, you know, people having to wear shoes more as tools to protect their feet. Um, also mm-hmm. having to think about, you know, just not leaving your home more in general. Um, just cold. Yeah, it is cold. And, oh, what was the other thing I was going to say?
1: Um, I knew that. I know everything. Exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> give me one second.
5: Um, oh, I was also gonna say, you know, too, depending on your workplace and yeah. um you know, the different um requirements of your employment, um with you know, with shoes and things like that. Um, how it can be really frustrating because it's like you need barefooting but you have these other aspects of your daily routine and your daily life in which you can't do barefooting either because of you know your workplace a policy a a safety requirement even certain hobbies and in a special interest or um just passions that people have in general could have certain safety requirements Mm
0: -hmm. that do
5: not allow barefooting you know yeah (laughs) um and like I don't know why, but the only thing I think of is, like, you know, people that, like, doing, like, paintball gun fights,
1: you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't
5: want to be barefoot doing that. I don't probably. know. If you got one on the foot, though, that's what I, you know?
1: It would hurt like the dickens, but I don't know that I could choose on for
5: it. I really can't say for certain. On and the, the only reason that was on my mind, because someone was talking about that, I brought it up um, yeah. this week or whatever. Um, but, anyway, so you know, it can be very frustrating because you have these other aspects of your routine in which barefooting may not be um, safe because of the situation or, you know, there may be some kind of work policy against it or it's cold, you know, and that goes into safety because it's just too cold. It's not just, oh, it's cold, you know, it becomes um, a concern of safety, especially depending on the person's imitation and where you're living at in the climate. Um, I think it's really important to really start thinking about your routine and um, even if you don't have a routine and you're trying to build one or you already have one and um, you can fit more things
0: into it that are,
5: that are trying to fit in, like like personal development, things that are self-care for you and not even just self-care but self-maintenance as well, I think it's really important to consider putting you know, barefooting in that routine.
0: Yeah. especially
5: if it's something that you're not able to do as much because of work or because of the weather or, say, other aspects of your routine that may have, you know, safety risks that, you know, don't really have anything to do with barefooting but more of the safety of the environment, you know, you're in in your body. Um, and just finding ways of putting and, and building that routine of having barefooting to help have that regulation um, yeah. that release um, even um, inserting it as a part of like your mental health time or your mental health days and um, and so you know I, I've been thinking about how like in the warmer times and when I was able to more physically I used to have a lot more of a routine with going out in nature and barefooting and then you know a couple of weeks ago I kind of got more into a routine of it when it wasn't as cold a little bit not able to push myself um, and it can be really frustrating this time of year, especially when I look back at the warmer times year when I had more of a routine with barefooting. Mm-hmm. And although, you know, routines are very important, you know, for me with my autism and with ADHD, routines are very important for everyone, Yeah, you know, and, and they're just easier for some to keep than others. Yeah. And they may be, um, you know, have more of an effect on a person's regulation than others. And so many different aspects of that meaning, <laughs> you know, right. and so, but everyone, you know, does thrive off of routine. Everyone needs routine with something, you know, and maybe not everything, you know. Um, but I think being able to find that time to make a routine out of barefooting um, and putting it in your life can be really beneficial for your mental health, especially if, barefoot, if you barefoot for your mental health, if you're barefooting for your physical health, your emotional health, if you're someone like me that finds – barefooting to be a central part of therapy work and therapy processing not even just in therapy but therapy processing or work that I'm doing on my own in my daily life and the times that I set aside outside of therapy to do kind of those self-reflection therapy type things with myself and um, or if you know for a disability reason you know or just because you need it for your sanity on whatever level I don't know it's just something you need or it's something that is spiritual to you part of a spiritual practice um part of a meditation technique you know any kind of thing for your um therapy um, uh, mental Mental health health, emotional health physical health spiritual health or any other aspect of health you know um, your holistic health yeah just like finding that time to um like just be able to do it, have that time set aside. And that can be really hard to fit into routines, but, you know, trying to find, you know, that time that's possible and be able to kind of plan it ahead of time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, not everyone has, you know, the same pattern recognition experiences I have, but also um, a lot of people don't have the same um lackings that um inability to understand and recognize the emotions i'm experiencing or interoception as well um and, you know an ability to understand and properly receive and um, analyze um and assess those bodily signals um you know it can you know we still have our own experiences but there can still be kind of those shortcomings so you know if you're someone like me that has those, you know, pattern recognition skills, but maybe not those in the moment active awareness skills, um,
2: mm-hmm. you
5: know, this aspect of building a routine of putting in barefooting and taking this barefooting mental health or, you know, whatever aspect of health that like, and activities that you need to like use um, barefooting with your development, whether it's like meditation, you know, hiking, um, and just like stretching, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, different types of things like that. Going
1: into a store with the intention of helping you make someone uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. You that's know, a, exercising, because
5: I'm not even at all. i exercise, um, you know, my anxiety even, and exercise being okay with um, other people kind of like being uncomfortable with that social norm thing. It's not like I'm being able to actually make anyone uncomfortable, but they're uncomfortable with my barefooting because of their own ignorance, my... which then makes me uncomfortable, makes me, you know, feel awkward and out of place more than I already do. Um, and it's already hard to navigate navigate. I, you know, try to exercise those things as well. So, like, however you need to, like, use barefooting within, like, the personal development, your experiences, setting that time aside um, and be able to balance um, understanding, like, I need to do this. To regulate myself and and I'm not even just talking about people with ADHD and autism but people um, just people in general people with any experience it's just that I'm coming from the perspective of somebody with ADHD and autism because it's so heavily embedded into my existence and the hyperactivity of autism I, it affects literally every aspect of my experience there's a lot about sex my experience that I have that are intense or different because of it So even if I'm saying things from the lens of autism and ADHD, a lot of these things are still applicable to people because we're all humans.
0: Mm. You know, a
5: lot of things that autistic people struggle with or have needs for that may be more resistant against or more have a higher intensity need for are still normal things that that other people experience. We just feel them differently because of our hyperactivity, you know. And so a lot of the things I'm saying, you know, take it in your own way. But, you know, for me, with that, like, pattern recognition, having to realize that if I build a routine or I do these things or knowing, oh, okay, these too many things and then not having time to barefoot or, um, you know, earth and ground. Because earthing and grounding in nature is very crucial with my barefooting and, like, therapy, emotional stuff, physical stuff, mental stuff
1: um, with
5: processing and recognizing, especially in the warmer times when I was able to do it a lot more. If I am doing all these things and I don't have this time set aside for this and then I have to do all these things the next day and then the next day and I don't have these times set aside in the week, I am going to crash. And, you know, and, and, and meltdowns and overstimulation and shutdowns, they are, they are a normal part of being autistic, honestly, because it happens when our bodies and our minds are overworked and experiences. it. It happens with ADHD too. But you know? <laughs> it's about being able to manage those things. Um, being able, because if you don't know how to manage and regulate yourself, those those things are going to be a lot more intense. You're going right. to have a much more intense shutdown and shutdown cycles, <sighs> much more meltdown cycles and intense meltdowns if there isn't regulation occurring, versus if you're just pushing and pushing and pushing through. Like I look at back in my past, especially when my nervous system was fried, and versus now where I'm really trying to learn that regulation. And sometimes I still mess up, and I put too much on me and I cry myself out by existing and but everyone has a nervous system we all have these complex nervous systems and we all can reach um point of being overwhelmed and crashing however we experience that differently and so burnout being yeah and, and burnout can be very different for very different people you know autistic burnout is different than the burnout that you know neurotypical people especially experience um but even that other you know people can experience this burnout, you know, yeah. and, but just like other people's, um, other like burnouts and the psych symptoms associated can be more intense. And, you know, everyone has a very diverse experience and there is, you know, no point in, you know, comparing between things. Um, but, you know, obviously certain people, you know, can have worse experiences, but understanding that we are very different and not having shame in ourselves or others. And understanding how to regulate our complex nervous systems and, um, you know, and, and the reason I, you know, talk about that with burnout, though, is because it's hard to explain to people that technically what I'm in is labeled as a burnout. But autistic burnout is a stage of cognitive decline um, that it, you can come back from, you can bounce back from, it's not permanent, but it's, you, it can take it can take years to come out of. Can take anywhere from two years to ten years to come out of, depending on the person, how much trauma, how much severe overworked, how long in their life have they been pushing themselves, Mm -hmm. and so that's why I encourage other people that are starting to feel themselves burning out, but they're not reaching that like full-on point. And I, there are people trying to find a better name to explain this state of cognitive decline because you know there are autistic people that are burning out on the regular too. Already, ADHD people are burning out on the regular too, and even people with ADHD can enter these really severe states of burnout of, you know, cognitive executive um, decline, executive function decline. And I think it's important to be able to recognize um, however they can. And even if you don't have the pattern recognition skills, but you're someone who has the more active awareness in those moment realizations, um, be able to take note of those. Even if you, because of the state you're in with being overwhelmed, you may not be able to do it as well in that moment, taking note afterwards, finding ways of using um, however, you can with power recognition and feeling and experiencing your emotions in that combination and however you may be lacking in one way or the other or maybe not at all, who knows. (laughs) Being able to find that balance of recognizing these things and analyze these things and figure out, okay, where do I need to put in barefooting in for my mental health or my physical health or whatever, or fitting in this, you know, self-maintenance barefooting time within your routine and schedule
0: to avoid
5: whatever burnout may occur for you, whatever symptoms may occur. You know, for me, with me, meltdowns, shutdowns, overstimulation, things like that. For someone else, it may be panic attacks, you know, having um, anxiety, um, yeah. you know, um, even with... Um, like, physical disabilities, you can go into, you know, chronic flare-ups, you know, and finding ways that are low demand with barefooting can help with those chronic flare-ups, but even ways that are high demand, barefooting can contribute to chronic flare-ups. So, it's about finding that balance of, like, your mind, your body, all these aspects of your existence. and your daily life and kind of say it's your routine. Is it a simple, easy thing? Have I been analyzing this for a while? Yes. Yes. But I hope that makes sense. I think it's important, especially when there are things that keep us from being able to barefoot to find that time Yeah. to prioritize it, prioritize our well-being and <clears throat> take advantage of the accommodation resource. Technique and tool that barefooting can be in different aspects of health. Yeah. Um, and routine is has been on my mind a lot. Um, not even just with the new year, but you know, it's been on my mind for a while. Um, right.
1: Especially with you know trying to
5: transition
1: through different phases. Got a it lot of focus like yeah. trying to find a way mm. to build build routines that are healthy and helpful. Yeah. Not just you know. Because the thing about a routine is, like, for neurotypical people, it gets to the point they don't have to think about it, they just do it, from what I understand, which is crazy for me, because I have a routine of how I make my coffee in the morning, but I'm still thinking about every single step, every single time. I have moments where I just start freezing, for me,
5: even even when I know my routine, because I start stressing all the time, that one, no day, all the time. My body, my whole body, will lock up in a mini mm. panic for like a couple of seconds. i will like, okay, like, continue the task, and then I can start continuing, but I have these constant micro freezes mm-hmm. where my brain is so hyper aware, even though it's the same thing I do every day. And it's a really I hard. I will forget
0: how to, have to Sometimes
1: mm-hmm. I have a dang hearing. Mm-hmm. Not hard, but, I, but I'll forget what I got to do. Lot because, of- like, I just get in that. What am I doing now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I
5: think you might be able to relate this. I think a lot of what it is too as adults and analyzing and trying to build a routine, especially if you were late diagnosed or your diagnosis weren't taken seriously, or especially with a lot of misogyny a lot of women, um, you know, a lot of millennial women like yourself experience
0: Mm -hmm.
5: um, more so even. And, but even I look at some of the mythology I experience, and looking at younger youth that are getting diagnosed and recognized in ways that I wasn't, you know? And I'm like anyway I can see myself so much in certain kids more than others even though but I can still kind of find relating and that it's like things that were mislabeled or labeled as a problem or, you know, for me were even faced with abuse at times and um, and thinking about how we never were taught how to regulate. You know, right. if you didn't have, you know, parents They're that somehow help you yeah. regulate, They're expected but, to somehow just know, how which to is do part it. of the conditions with, you know, ADHD yeah. autism, but also any other neurodivergent, you know, condition. There is going to be a sense of disability with these things that you are within your condition. Yeah. You know, but so, you know, and with. Um, ADHD and autism, a lot of routine issues occur, a lot of executive function issues occur and metacognition is a big issue. We yeah. can learn a lot of stuff but have a hard time applying it to the moment, applying what we know. That's what metacognition is. We know the information, but we have a hard time knowing how to apply it in the moment, especially when our executive function is frying and snapping like a rubber band. Yeah. That's, you know, crusty and breaking, you know. <laughs> Like, oh, it's
1: this air freshener thing, it sprays, it breaks oh down, or
5: whatever. And I took me a while to get used
1: to it, too. I
5: don't blame you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we didn't have, you know, parents that were teaching us regulation. They weren't teaching us routine or how to have that. And even for myself, oh, even how I to I, teach it. And and that's true, too. And even for myself, looking at myself as having, um, you know, parents who are neurodivergent and, have same or similar conditions and um, as those well others you know um, looking at how they they weren't taught in the generational trauma of not being taught in the generational shame that within my family that i see with the shame of having this these disorders mm-hmm. that causes this repression and uh, that then causes symptoms to actually get worse and um, and from my own experiences as an adult now i realize how You know, I had shut down and I masked for so long because of abuse, because of being scared and shutting down and things like that, that it seemed like I knew what I was doing. But now as an adult and actually learning to exist in the world, I didn't know what I was doing. I don't know what to do without somebody telling me exactly or, you know, I'm learning and I'm learning how to unmask and navigate and Mm. to regulate myself so I don't burn out again. And I don't have a worse burnout, and so I can get out of this and get on with my life so I can right. um, function in the neurotypical society. Because the thing is, a lot of uh, autistic ADHD and neurodivergent individuals in general like do not know how to function in a neurotypical society because they're not taught. They're not taught self-regulation. A lot of us aren't. And I do think that if self-regulation was taught and regulation and routine and time management and skills and techniques, accepting that you're, that a child or your child even or this student has this issue. That's not saying that you accept and give up on it, okay? Like yeah. you're accepting that they have this issue, they have this problem. And when you accept that they have this issue and this problem, that's when, you know, you can start finding ways of making it manageable. But the more I that you're like, this? oh, it'll be fine, oh, don't worry about oh, it's normal, oh, they're just a kid. The more that you're setting them up for failure and the more that or even, you know, if you're abusing these out of kids rather than teaching them, you know, you know, discipline and teaching them the line and boundary and things like that, you're, you're setting them up for failure because the thing is, is, is they're going to come out of it as an adult and go through their own cycles and they can end up worse. I, I hate saying that, but I, you know, even look at some people in my family that their behavior became worse because, um, and how I've taken the work to try to make them better. And it can be a very slippery slope. and be a struggle. And I think that if we were, you know, taught regulation more as people in general, and I'm not even just talking about ADHD and autism, like just everyone in general was taught how to actually regulate themselves and live within themselves, there wouldn't be such a struggle. Because I think the pandemic, you know, it caused a lot of people and lockdown, you know, it caused a lot of people to um, actually connect to barefooting. I think it really led to a lot of resurgence of barefooting yeah. connecting to the body and the earth. That's actually when I really was able to start mm-hmm. full time, you know, barefooting or full time as much as I can. Cause you know, sometimes I've run into several people that have been
1: like, Oh, I heard about this. And I especially when, you know, when we were locked down, I didn't have anything else to look at and I saw a post about it. So I went down the rabbit hole and then that tells me there, like, you're going have a whole year, you're probably on the neuro-spicy scale, too. But don't drink that. Oh, no, I'm good. sorry. Sorry. I thought you – never mind. You're good. Anyway,
5: but <laughs> – You're so used to being around kids, I think, <laughs> that it was, like, literally just a response. Like, I don't even
1: think you looked at me like me. You're just like, four I I like of teacher mode. It's, just, it's a of going at your mouth and you haven't spent, I know you're going to drink this big cup. That was Yeah, okay. I like outside is no. We're not going to talk about it anymore. But you're good. You were in mom teacher
5: mode. Like, it's totally cool. Uh, I've done
1: the same thing at times people people. So. Uh, but anyway, I'm
5: not. But I think that a lot of what people experience during lockdown connecting with nature, I noticed barefooting becoming more and more. A lot of people were more open to it. Yeah, they um, lot. Go ahead. there it was like there was this changing and i think it's because a lot of people were forced to really look inside and themselves by being forced to be inside but also the only outside being nature and yeah. i think it really even if people aren't barefooters or don't do it now themselves they got a lot of people understanding why people do it yeah so in a lot of ways i do think there's
1: a lot more
5: um openness actually after covid and a lot of people reconnecting to nature and their bodies and their minds and their emotions and well, therapy at that And
1: time. after the whole mask thing i think people are realizing like especially a dealer like you can't make me which we're not going to even we're not going to get into it i'm just saying it to say they're realizing it's like the same thing with, it's like with shoes you can't yeah because a lot me. of uh, the, well, because the interesting thing
5: is, is a lot of people that are like, you can't make me wear a mask. are a lot of the same people mm-hmm. that were the most anti-baricletting. I, I
1: noticed that a lot.
5: And, and then I think that it caused a lot of people to well, have to really like, question like, their it's opinion. Like, oh,
1: really? Really? I can't. I, really? So, but you can make me put shoes on. So, you know, you're saying
5: that you can't, you know, that no one can force you in terms of public safety to wear a mask during a global pandemic. But I have to be forced to wear shoes 100%. in daily life,
0: 100%. even 100%.
5: after 100%. we're out of lockdown and been out of lockdown mm-hmm. for like over a year. I don't even know how long it's been, dude. Time ain't real. How are we in 2024, you know? Oh,
1: yeah. And so I
5: do think that over, um, I think a lot of people are coming around to barefooting and yeah. are really starting to understand it more. Um, But at the same time, I do, you know, there are things that, yeah, for sure, there are still people that have very strong opinions. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. some people, you know, they hold on to that a lot more because it scares them to let go. Mm -hmm. It scares them to let go of those ideas and things that they were taught, those fears. They're so scared even.
0: Um, And so
5: that's where I find a sense of compassion and being like, you know, other people's growth is not my responsibility, but I'm not going to be disrespected. I'm not going to be undermined. I'm not going to allow you to abuse me, I'm, you know. And you have to kind of set those limitations and boundaries with people while recognizing mm-hmm. that their growth is not your responsibility. Right. And it never was or
1: should be. That is their
5: own thing the to carry. You're
0: responsible for is your
5: own. And, and I, yes, I mean, if you've got children, then, yeah, you're responsible to them
1: too. Please
5: mm-hmm. do your best to teach well, them how to regulate yeah. and cope. Like we were saying earlier, but again, it's, but other people, like other people, other adults in your life that you, I mean, obviously I understand that there can be different roles within partnerships and, you know, um, caregiving roles and things like that. But at the same time, like other people's ignorances are not your responsibility Mm -hmm. and it's not for you to carry or hold on to. Right. And, that can be really hard when people are, you know, discriminating in stores and have a lot of their own opinions and wanna be hateful. But that's where, you know, you stand up for yourself and say, Hey, I'm not breaking the law, there are no laws or else goes against me me barefooting
2: I almost said need publicing.
5: I almost said be publicing and barefoot, gosh. I mean kind of. Kind I of. Kind uh, of a proxy of speech. Hooray. Um oh. Anyway, back. where I going
1: with this? Um, we I don't, don't know actually.
5: Just understanding that this—that when you're facing discrimination or people with these hateful, negative opinions and ignorances—that it is not your responsibility. It is not yours to hold on to. It is not yours to internalize. But it's also okay to have emotional reactions and feelings and experiences because you are human, and you're entitled to that.
0: Mm-hmm. but you know
5: in the moment just focusing on that boundary and limitation of this is my right I'm not breaking any laws or health codes I'm not doing anything wrong and so just really focusing on that like there are no laws or health codes against barefooting in public spaces I'm not breaking the law if anything this is actually my American right mm-hmm. and you are trying to discriminate against right. my American right and obviously human right but I'm saying that you know as you know you know Right, right, right. American
1: right. and understanding I that you. we
5: still have a lot of issues here in America that other people don't have.
1: So I know. Of, like Most other countries life. are like, Who gives to whoot?
5: Yeah. Americans.
1: Apparently. Americans
5: do. And so I think even too with a lot of people emphasizing that there are no laws or health codes against barefooting in public spaces and that this is your American right is something to emphasize on. Because I, you know, there are certain people when you focus on the fact that this is your legal American right, like that holds some more power than just saying to some people, unfortunately, than saying this is something that makes me feel better. This is something that gives me quality of life. Yeah. Because unfortunately, some people don't care about quality of life. No. They Especially care that about, about these weird ideas. That you know. And, but again, they are fighting for but some mythical law that doesn't literally exist. But they're, I mean, they're entitled to their opinion. It just doesn't they make,
1: are. But not make them right. But you
5: are entitled to your American rights and your mm-hmm. right their right to free speech yeah they have that but they Mm -hmm. do not have the right to infringe upon your your Mm -hmm. right to barefoot. they're not free from the consequences of said speech and 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 even if somebody is entitled to have their free speech that still doesn't take away from the fact that you still have this right to barefoot
0: exactly
5: and so being able to kind of balance that like this is this person and setting that boundary because and, and yes we want to educate others but sometimes setting a boundary can be educating its sense but then stepping away and knowing that it's not your job to give this person a whole lesson it's right. not your job to change this person's way of thinking or their mindset it is your job to do what is right for you to do what is right in general yeah <laughs> sorry oh, yeah. I'm it is your job to take care of yourself to respectfully live within your body Mm -hmm. while respecting yourself and respecting others Mm -hmm. your barefooting and not breaking any laws or health codes or doing anything morally or legally wrong is not disrespecting anyone Mm -hmm. if anything these people are constantly disrespecting us Mm -hmm. by having some hateful you know opinion to just just rebuttal like i don't even know how to explain it just this refusal to accept, you know, the truth and your right, like it's not your responsibility. It never was. It wasn't yours to carry or hold on to. Right. And no. And so setting that boundary of this is my right, it is you know, you are discriminating against my American right. You um it is illegal if it's an employee saying that it's illegal for you to um kick me out of here as a barefooter. You are breaking the law by discriminating um That it is illegal to have a store policy against barefooting. No. In public, you know, and so or just saying, you know, it's illegal for to have a store policy against barefooting. You know, or it's, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. Oh, I right. get this.
1: Like, you're overwording. It's
5: okay. Yeah, we, we all do But
1: just understanding. I'm that picking that up what you're throwing down. I'm a, oh, to my man, but you're a girl. is okay. But like, well, you're a woman, but whatever. A, anyway, but now I'm like, just over-analyzing.
5: Understanding that you don't have to take on all this excessive responsibility to educate and transform other people's ways of thinking to exist and stand, and stand up for yourself and have rights and to deserve what you deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's hard. I think it's, it's hard. It is, you know, because when you're just exhausted, it's not even a matter of caring what people think it's just exhausting when you
1: already have all these other things going on in your life and your body, your like, mind, this your is heart. supposed your to be with I'm, I'm paying. I'm giving my yeah. attention and energy to this is what, you know. Yeah. And most people are overworked. You <laughs> don't have much time to mm-hmm. themselves
5: or to exist outside of work and mm-hmm. um, other obligations or responsibilities. And, you know, it's incredibly tiring exhausting frustrating irritating Mm -hmm. you know it's not even a matter of just caring about what people think but even if you care about what people think that's okay a lot of times caring about people that think like that it comes from a place of trauma there was probably something that happened in your life that caused you to be sensitive to this or some part of your um, existence that is causing you to be sensitive to this and there is no shame in that you're a person with emotions right you know instead i encourage you to find healing and um even look into deeper how barefooting can aid you within that healing if you're already you know a barefooter like you know taking these um criticisms um personally from other people in the backlash discrimination right you know and just, I encourage you to find these other ways of healing and finding your identity, finding yourself, knowing who you are on the inside, and looking at how your barefooting journey and experiencing can help with that, and how you can push that,
0: yeah, um,
5: and push yourself, and 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 not, you know, in a way that pushes you past um, your limits. Comfortably into a danger zone,
1: but pushes
5: you, um, or and it pushes you uncomfortably into a danger zone,
1: but right. something that
5: pushes you comfortably out of your comfort zone.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? Because I think sometimes, yeah. too. No, it does. I just had to think about the. I had to think of that for a second but yes it does <laughs> because i think that
5: there does still. i mean obviously people i think for growth need to get used to being put out of their comfort zone and that's um something as barefooters that we need to think of that's something though too we need to think of in terms of other people's discomfort with our barefooting even though we're not doing anything wrong or disrespectful or weird. that like in terms of morally wrong you know right like it's just yeah it's abnormal it's different but you know they're they're just because you're barefooting it doesn't mean you're doing anything morally or legally wrong like right right
1: and um i could be out there doing a lot worse things yeah just because taking my shoes off just because it makes or just not even putting them on in the first place i don't know Mm -hmm. if i taking taking them off yeah but I could be doing a lot worse things than being barefoot, trust yeah, me. Yeah, and you think just because you're barefooting makes... That are also still illegal, by the way.
0: Yeah.
5: And, like, it's important to understand that just because you're barefooting makes other people uncomfortable, that's not your responsibility. You're not doing anything to make them uncomfortable. You are just existing as a person <laughs> that doesn't wear shoes. You are
1: responsible for your actions, but you're not responsible for the reactions of others of, yeah. based on your actions. Now... Well, I think not even just based on your actions, but based on your existence. Yeah. Because like, me being barefoot, okay, it has the react. You have the reaction if you don't like it, okay, but that's not my responsibility. Because yeah, yeah, that's not for me to fix. That's not for me to go put shoes on to make you comfortable. Yeah. yeah. That's no. That's yeah. that's up to you to figure yeah. out a way to look past it and get over it yourself. Yeah. Well, and that that's what that's about. For sure. And sorry, not to like turn it interrupt
5: or anything. I can mean, never today. tell when, I know, it's and you're good. good. And I, I like, know. my brain, I was like, eh, wait, she's not. And I was like, oh, no, she's not. And then I'm like, oh, my God, great. You're and fine. then, you know. You're good. But, um, no, I think other thing, too, is, yes, like, not wearing shoes and putting shoes on those are technically actions. But when any, and anything, everything is an action. Right. Um, but when something becomes crucial to your well-being and quality of life and your needs. It's not so much as becoming, um, you know, not wearing shoes or barefootedness. It's not so much so an action as something that becomes a part of accessibility and accommodation, mm-hmm. and a part of maintaining our well-being. And um, because it and and, that, and it becomes a crucial part of your existence. Mm-hmm. That, it, you know, and just walking around barefooting, it's not like you are hitting people or kicking people with your feet or touching people well, with your or touching people in general. Like, you to know, you're when... not committing these actions. You are doing a
1: neutral action, if anything, of maintaining your well-being. Here's the thing is at this point in my life, what people are saying to me, when someone tells me they're uncomfortable with my bare feet or I have to put shoes on, they're telling me, That they are uncomfortable with me taking care of myself. Yeah. Like, are you really that self-centered that. Especially when I That's that's okay. No, that you, are you that self-centered that my well-being is. Nothing. It's nothing. Like I should just you know, suffer. Yeah. Cause that's what I was going to say. Chime literally. in
5: literally even like, you know, some experiences that we've talked about and recently I to for that. you that it is some, and you know, it is something that is crucial for your disabilities, for your chronic illnesses, for your mobility, mm-hmm. for you getting around and, and your quality of life with chronic exactly. pain with health issues, with disabilities, with your ADHD. This is an accommodation for your quality of life. Uh-huh. This is not something that is trivial for other people to pick around and guess around and choose whether or not they like you as a person.
0: Mm-hmm. Because, because
5: of my feet. And, and Or anybody. And that goes for anybody else. If you being barefoot is what causes people to not like you as a person,
1: like, I'm not going to treat you like a trash pile because you wear
5: shoes. Yeah, and so it's you like mean, that, I
1: mean, that's, that's whatever to me. Like, grow up,
5: be an actual adult, be a, be a human. And, and I understand, yeah. what, and I even, too, as an adult, like, and looking at just adults in general and the way that so many are so childish. Oh, my God, it, right? It kills me. and it, And it kills me, too, because especially... You know, again, with our experience with ADHD and then, you know, with my autism, it's like being labeled all the time as childish, especially as I'm doing things to take care of myself and regulate myself. But so many other people exist in the world even more immaturely and childishly. It's just I show it more in ways that are socially abnormal but the funny thing is is for me there's actually a lot of maturity within because within these things that are quote unquote mature I'm doing growth and work and I'm moving past the shame that other people put on me to do this growth and work that I need to do to accept whatever place I'm in and you know with my autism and do these childish things in order to regulate myself you know I because I've had you know experiences as you know unmasking more and existing um, existing more comfortably the way I dress or the things that you know I do to cope, you know, people finding that more childish, especially going into public places like gas stations. And mm-hmm. um, I was going with a, I was with a friend um, while she was buying um, alcohol for herself, actually, and you know, wearing a lot of more girly clothes and colors that feel like in my PJs. Which actually, I did have, pe- I did have uh, someone in my life that hates
1: people wearing going to stores and PJs or going out in public that actually sold me. Um, in general, I do struggle with that one. I'm not gonna lie, but
5: like, oh my gosh, those are like
1: literally the cutest thing. And I actually do struggle with that, but I don't Mm -hmm. go and tell people they need to Mm -hmm. change their clothes because of some because of my mindset. It's Mm -hmm. the same thing. Like I don't. I'm like, yeah. That that's a me thing. That's not a them thing. That's a me thing. And for me too. Like I, you know, I will. Except for pajama day, I will. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I had to get gas. I had to get gas mm-hmm. when we. I'd had pajama day at work, and the class, you know, classroom, I and I had to get gas on the way home. And there I am pumping gas in a footy pajama. <laughs> footy one you know, day. but if you think about it, it was one of things. And guys. I was getting it's some looks. i so like, I'm like, what it, it was. It's it really was. Know. It was like, it, no, it was. You know, to look at, it at things And really it was. You not care as much. No, I still don't. I. I yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but, but no, I understand I feel that. like, but at the same time, it's like, it's not my, again, it seems like that, it's not mm-hmm. my job to tell them I don't, how I feel about it. It's mm-hmm. none of their business. Well, and the thing was, is in terms of, like, PJs, I
5: was wearing, like, it was the pants I was wearing. I was really it. But, again, they were, like, the most cozy, soft pants. It was my mm-hmm. sensory issues. Um, where I was in the state, I was in, I mean, a you know, rotten new clothes, having a friend with, you know, mm-hmm. who's also all U D H D um who has both died you know and also with anxiety that struggles going into you know the public spaces i you know wanted someone to go with them and i was like this is how i think this you know in my conversation i had my teddy bear with me and my partner gave me like six seven years ago or something like yeah. that and you know i got my you know my bright colors. Um, got my teddy bear, you know, and like, I, I know just like the way I looked. Yeah, I looked really childish. And because I was with my friend buying alcohol, they wanted, who was buying, and she was buying alcohol for herself. I think at one point I was helping her carry, cause she was in cans, individual cans. Uh-huh. So I, um, helped her, um, carry some of them so she didn't drop them. And so, because I touched it, you know, I was trying to explain, like, I'm just with her, like, this is for her. Anyway, they still wanted car to card me. I don't know how old they thought I was. And of course my, I think at least my wallet was in the car. Right. So I go to the car, get my wallet. I'm annoyed because I've been through the time I've bought like, I mean, again, I don't encourage it, but I've bought nicotine products, alcohol products from the same people, same person, you know, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Go out to the car. I am 22 years old. Okay. I don't know how old they thought I was. And. And and it was just that fresh experience of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing these things that are comfortable, you know, for me and how I need to to regulate my nervous yeah. system while also helping support a friend to help regulate her nervous system.
0: Yeah.
5: And, you know, people are going to think I'm childish. And we we were annoyed after that experience because we were like, how dumb does she think we are? Like, she's like, does she really think I'm going to bring my underage friend to buy alcohol with me and help me carry them? Like, even like even, like even if I was to You'd think be that
1: right.
5: There are people who are pretty low, but she's like, does she think I'm that dumb? Even if I like, like what? Like who would even you know do that? Who, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, obviously, we're not the type. Of, you know. Anyway, but like, I don't know. Um, but I'd have it actually. I'm I always because yeah, I was talking about closing my laptop.
1: You're good. Sorry.
5: Um, because, because we are so we
1: need that. Yeah,
5: because we are coming up on the last five minutes of the show, but you know it's. <laughs> having these moments, because I think a lot of people also look at barefooting as childish, you know, Mm -hmm. and so when you can have these moments of, you know, people looking at, like, as you're childish and just having to kind of just be like, who cares? Because I was like, you know what, I probably do like a child. I don't care. I'm autistic. Leave me alone. I'm living my life. I'm doing what I got to do for me.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay.
5: You know, and I know so many other people with, you know, even who are autistic or ADHD with who have anxiety and, you know, panic disorders, different, um, and, and different other disorders that also need to carry, you know, teddy bears or stuffies mm-hmm. or whatever. I do. Them, I carry Ness And my rainbow bug, I think that that's something that needs to be more normalized because to me, um, it is not, in my life, and obviously there are people who need support animals, and I'm, I'm not at all saying anything against that. But for me, in my life, it's not a need or practical yeah, for I can't. And also um, in my life, you know, I am able to exercise enough of, of independence, you know, to not fully need, you know, to be relied on by a caretaker with everything I do but I still you know even going to places it can be really hard going there alone without mm-hmm. someone and even like with my friend who you know struggles with a similar thing that's why I went with her you know and I think it'd be hard too with barefooting and sometimes it's, it's easier for me to handle confrontation um, in like my earlier journey with barefooting it was as um, I was trying to say when I was out with other people, especially my partner and just being able to have that support system or my friends who, mm-hmm. um, you know, aren't barefooters themselves and they would get ticked off and they would be in support, you know, and having that validation, especially somebody that's been through a lot of things too. Um, in my experience then also being late diagnosed, so it's just, like, just feeling everything about my existence is made neatly wrong with me and trauma and things like that. It can affect you having that support system as, um, you know, no. It was very crucial, and it can still be, but, you know, it's also, again, not practical or entirely a need for me to have mm-hmm. someone with me everywhere I go, but right. having a stuffy, like a, you know, a, a stuffed bear toy, like, whatever, you know, a plushie, whatever I you want um, what a squishmallow, squishmallow thing, mellows. whatever it is you know, with you, that can be a really great coping technique. And I think it's like we need to let go of I love that I
1: still take my stuff with me it. because then my daughter is not going to let go of her so, so Well, and
5: I look at myself, if anything, is as, as establishing my own sense of representation, you know, and that's how I looked at barefooting and that's how I kind of learned to look at a lot of things is,
0: uh-huh. you know, the
5: ways that we're not hurting anybody but we have to take care of ourselves. We're not causing any harm or any disrespect and we're not doing anything legally wrong. Um, or morally wrong, really having to find that sense of identity in self and being like, yes, I may be controversial, this may be controversial, but that's okay, I'm, I'm a part of the collective change that's happening. And right. I think there's so many of us that are existing in time who are a part of the collective change. For whatever reason, you may have your belief system around to put that on. In general, even if we're just looking at completely logically and practical as just this moment in time, on this plane and just the most in the most recent moments of time, you know, we're all here a part of that collective change, regardless if there's a divine or more in-depth philosophical or religious or spiritual plan. We are all actively a part of this change as we exist as barefooters. Yes, we are facing discrimination at times and we're facing pushback and ignorance and, what not else, and even sometimes hatefulness, but so we existing at this time as who we are, being this difference, being this social abnormality, this challenge and threat to the social norm, we are actively a part of the change just by existing within it and interacting in the world as who we are. And I hope that ends off with an empowering you know, empowering message of, yes, you may be controversial, but you are a part of that change. And you are a part of the collective change that is going to happen. And look at so many different moments in history of any collective change. And this can go for other collective changes outside of barefooting, other aspects of your identity and your existence, um, and how they may intersect with your barefooting as well. That you are a part of this collective change. Look back in history, collective change that has happened and what it's led to, and just think about that. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be controversial. Yeah. As long as you are not causing harm to anyone.
1: Be kind, help when you can. Don't be a jerk. Yeah, keep living your best barefoot lifestyle.
5: Remember, there are no laws or health codes against barefoot in the United States. So keep living your best barefoot lifestyle. Take care, folks. Peace out, homies.
4: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered com. It's
1: my little escape.
4: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
4: Whoa.